0: Hi, welcome back to the As You Are podcast. It's already been a crazy spring. We've done all five of our worship nights. We just wrapped up Bama last night, and Ana and I have had so much fun seeing y'all getting to talk and meet, and we just wanted to share the talk from the worship night for anyone who missed it or wants to revisit it. So settle in.
1: Hey, guys. My name's Anna, and I am so excited to be here with y'all tonight. Y'all, this is amazing. We love hosting worship nights. We've actually hosted four. This is our fifth one in the last four weeks. So we've been all over the place. If you're not following us on Instagram. You should. That's a shameless plug. Um, Because you can see all the different worship nights that we've had at different schools, but we're finishing strong with Bama, and we are so excited to be here. Um, Like I said, my name is Anna, and I actually work for As You Are, which is so cool and such a gift. I love it. I've been working for them since last summer. So, it's like coming up on a year, but not quite a year yet. And just to kind of tell you a little bit about myself, um, I grew up in Virginia, in Charlottesville, Virginia, and I went to school up there. I went to James Madison University, which is in like a tiny little town called Harrisonburg. So, if any of y'all are seniors and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing after graduation yet, that's okay. You're in good company. I didn't know what I was going to do. And then the Lord opened a door and I just walked through it. So I ended up in Atlanta working at a church called Passion City Church. And I worked there for a few years. And that is actually how I ended up meeting my husband, Everett. He had gone to UGA and graduated a couple years before me. And then when we got married, we ended up in Athens, which is how I got plugged in with As You Are. When we moved there, it was actually really cool. They needed a senior girls small group leader, and I was like, okay, I'll do it, sure, and so I was leading the small group for a while, and then this past spring, um, we moved to Richmond, Virginia to be closer to my family, and sad day, wasn't able to lead the seniors anymore, obviously, because, you know, commuting from Richmond to Athens would be a little bit of a trek weekly, so Emily gets to lead them now, um, but we get to work together, which is so fun, we actually host a podcast together, and we love it, um, but after being in Richmond for a few months, we decided, you know, we're getting settled in. We've had done a few house projects. My husband works in construction, so, like, we're always doing random house projects. And this past fall, we decided it was time to expand our family. So we got a dog. And... <laughs> I love my dog. We are not pregnant. Um, We got a puppy. His name is Tuck, and he is so darn cute. Full disclosure, I was never a dog person. I didn't really, like, fully think through the decision of getting a dog either. It was like one day I decided we want a dog. The next day we got a dog. Um, It was a quick turnaround, and my family was like, wait, what? you got a dog? Like, okay. But I'm obsessed with them. I'm fully embracing it. I'm in my dog mom era. I'm like, we are here. We love the dog. So his name is Tuck and he's actually like, not even kidding. He's with me in Tuscaloosa from Richmond. He's here. That wasn't really the original plan, but he's loving it. He's a little Bama boy today. He's a Weimaraner. So he's gray and has blue eyes and like big floppy ears. I didn't know what that type of dog was before we got him, but that's what we got because he had blue eyes. I was like, we can't not get him. He's got blue eyes. He's adorable. And when we first got Tuck, he uh, was really scared of everything. Like you open a door, he's terrified of it. We'd take him outside. He sees a bird terrified. He would always like run and hide behind me. And then once he knew it was okay, he would pretend to be tough and like run back out and be like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm tough. But he's not. When we first started going on walks together, you know, I'm embracing my dog mom era. I was like, okay, I love to go on walks, hot girl walks, right? I'm going to have a dog join me on those now. So he and I would walk and we'd make it about a block and I thought this is not what I envisioned. This is not where I saw this going. But for a long time, when we would walk, I live in the middle of a city. So there's like sometimes some trash on the ground, specifically... Plastic bags. And Tuck is terrified, turns out, of plastic bags. Why? I don't know. But he is. We've gotten to the point now where I can kind of like, I'll be like walking, scanning, looking ahead of him. And if I see one, we just cross the street because it's not worth the drama. But... At first, I didn't realize what was going on, and we were walking, and he gets up to this plastic bag and loses it. You would think that the bag had, like, 12 heads and five different arms coming out of its nose. Like, truly, he was terrified of this bag. And, like, it happened multiple times. One time, he slipped out of his collar and was, like, run. I mean, took off down the street, the other direction, running through people's yards. I'm now running after him, like, Not what I envisioned for my walks, let me tell you. And he won't calm down until I can actually get to the plastic bag and pick it up and crumble it in my hand and, like, show him. And he'll come up and smell it and be like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. It's nothing. It's nothing, Mom. And I tell you that story because it's kind of silly and kind of funny. But I also think sometimes, at least I know I am like that as well, where I'm, like, terrified of something that I don't need to be afraid of. Like, Tuck doesn't know what a plastic bag is. And we often are just like that. We get so scared of something that's harmless. And so tonight, we're going to look at a story in the Bible where the disciples also get so scared. They're terrified. And they think they're going to die. But Jesus comes, and he brings peace in the middle of their situation. So it's in the book of Mark. It's in Mark chapter 4. And if you haven't, if you're not familiar with the Bible at all, Mark is one of the four Gospels. And the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they just tell the story about what Jesus did when he was here, when he was walking among us. And if you're like, I don't even know how to begin reading my Bible, I would suggest reading one of the Gospels. My personal favorite is John, and we are actually about to start um, on the As You Are podcast a series going through the book of John, so you guys could read John and follow along with the podcast. That was a little bit of a I digress situation, but Mark chapter 4, and just to kind of paint the picture for y'all, I like to really try and get myself in the moment, in the scene to really understand what's going on. So in this particular story, we're going to have Jesus, and he's with his disciples. But right before this story happened, Jesus had been teaching, and he'd been teaching to this really large crowd of people, like way bigger than this crowd right here. The crowd was so large that where he was teaching, which was along the Sea of Galilee, he had to get into a boat to teach them so that they could hear him, because nobody could hear if he was standing on the shore, it was too close. So Jesus had been teaching for a few days, and he's tired, and he's ready to go. So he says to his disciples, "Let's get in the boat and go across the sea." Now, the Sea of Galilee. I don't know if any of y'all have ever been to Israel. I actually got to go my junior year of college, and the Sea of Galilee was not what I expected. I had always kind of pictured, like, the Atlantic Ocean, you know, maybe, like, brownish water sometimes and big waves, and you couldn't see across it, but that's not what it looks like at all. The Sea of Galilee is actually, like, really blue. It's beautiful, and you can see across the entire, it's only 13 miles across. So you can see pretty far. It's like a big lake. And on either side of the Sea of Galilee, part of what makes it so beautiful is there's mountains on either side of it. And they're kind of like deserty looking mountains. Am I getting you there? Are you picturing it? Like beautiful, sunny, blue, blue sky, mountains on the side, dreamy, beautiful, um, And so that's where Jesus is. He's at the Sea of Galilee. And it says that on that day, this is Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to the disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, the crowd that he had just been teaching to, they took Jesus with them in the boat. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was starting to sink. Okay, so again, we have Jesus and we have his disciples. And they get into a boat. And specifically, it tells us that they get into a boat at evening. And it would have taken about six hours total for them to cross the Sea of Galilee. So we don't know for sure when the storm hits. It could be 30 minutes in could be six hours in, they, maybe they're almost across, maybe they're right in the middle. It's probably dark. Have any of y'all ever stood beside an ocean or a lake at night? Creepy. Not where I wanna be, no thank you. I am also a queen of like, if I'm by a body of water at night, it doesn't matter what it is, it could be a pond. There's a shark in it. For sure there's a shark in the water. So it's scary, okay? And then not only is it nighttime, But a storm comes. And y'all, something to understand about the Sea of Galilee, which I didn't know until I was there, is that storms, they come out of nowhere. Like it can be a beautiful blue sky day, and then all of a sudden a storm will come. And that's because, here's your little, for those of you that like meteorology, I don't know. uh, Over the mountains on one side is the desert. Over the mountains on the other side is the Mediterranean Sea. And when hot air meets cold air, a storm happens. So on the Sea of Galilee, when the wind shifts, a storm can come out of nowhere. This actually happened to my friends and I when we were in Israel on a boat. It was kind of funny. We had been like out on this boat, 30 of us on this tiny, tiny little boat, and they were definitely trying to make it seem like it was a boat that like Jesus would have sailed in. So, you know, we're just like sailing along, minding our own business. And then all of a sudden the captain was like, we got to get out of here. And I don't even know where it came from, but all of a sudden there was a motor. And he like drops the motor in and we zoom to the shore and we get back in like five minutes. It was kind of funny because we were like, we were just sailing. What, what? Okay, whatever. We're happy to be back on the shore. But the storm came so fast we had to hide under the awning. Of a museum, We couldn't even make it back to our bus because it was raining so hard and it was so windy. And so I can't imagine what it would be like to be on the sea during that. It would be really, really scary. It says that the boat is starting to sink. And I love this next verse. It says that Jesus was in the stern, which is the back of the boat, Asleep on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and they said, Teacher, do you not care that we are dying? It's like a tale of two perspectives. Okay? On the one perspective, you have Jesus, and he's asleep. And not only is he asleep, it tells us that he is asleep on a cushion. He's comfortable. But then you have the disciples who are freaking out. They wake Jesus up and they say, do you not care that we are perishing, that we are dying? I'm not that much older than y'all, but I'm a little bit older than y'all. But have you guys ever seen the movie The Incredibles? Yeah? Okay, good. Great movie. I really liked it growing up. There's a scene in that movie where the son who's blonde, he's the really fast one, they have just like gotten in a plane crash, and he is on the shore, and he's lying on the shore, and he's like, we're dead, we're dead, we survived, but we're dead. And that's kind of what I imagine the disciples are doing right now. They're like, save us, save us, we're dead, but save us. And I just think it's so funny, because you have Jesus, Who's completely at peace? I don't know about y'all, but I can only fall asleep if I'm either really exhausted or I'm totally at peace with my surroundings. Even in the middle of a huge storm, Jesus was at peace. And I think sometimes we sell the disciples short a little bit. Obviously, it's funny. Like, they were freaking out, and Jesus is asleep. But, guys, the disciples, they're not dumb. A lot of them would have grown up along the Sea of Galilee. Some of them were fishermen. And so they would have seen storms like this in the past. And they would have known the effect that a storm like this can have. They might have lost a friend or a family member to a storm just like this in the past. And so their fear is valid. But they had forgotten where to place their faith and their hope. Their fear was valid. But they had forgotten that Jesus was in the boat with them. And I want to look at what happens next. It says that they woke him up, yelling, we're perishing, we're dying, save us. And Jesus woke up, and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Can you all imagine that? I'm going to get you back in the picture really quick okay imagine you're standing by the ocean you're in a boat when it's storming your boat is sinking the wind is rocking you from side to side and there's waves coming in the boat and then all of a sudden completely still maybe the water becomes glass-like you can't even see a single wave maybe the clouds disappear and you can see the stars I don't know for sure what that moment would have felt like for them, but it says that there was a great calm. A great peace washed over, and everything was still. That's crazy. Guys, I think sometimes we're like the disciples in the middle of our own storms. Or like Tuck, who was so afraid of something and had forgotten where our hope really lies. I think all of us walk through storms. The reality is that life is hard. There are things in our life that are really hard and can feel really overwhelming and really scary. And maybe you feel like, I don't know how I'm going to make it out of this one. And I don't know what the storms are for you. For me, some storms in the past have been a breakup with a boyfriend that I loved and thought I was going to marry, and it didn't work out. It was really hard to walk through that. Or anxiety and panic attacks. I don't know what it has been for y'all, but I know that we all walk through our own set of storms. Maybe you've lost a friend recently. Maybe your parents are walking through a divorce, or there's something going on in your family that just feels overwhelming and like you can't hold on to it anymore. And you guys, those storms are real. I'm not trying to say that they're not, because they are. They're really real. Just like the disciples, their fear was valid but we forget that Jesus wants to bring peace in the middle of the storm. He wants to bring calm into the chaos, and he has the power to do that. He has the power to bring peace into the middle of your situation. Whatever you're walking through, whatever feels overwhelming, y'all, Jesus has the power to bring peace in the middle of that. It tells us in Ephesians, which is another book of the Bible, chapter 2, verse 14, that Jesus is our peace. I think the world tells us to find peace a lot of other places. Whether it's Instagram or your friends or your grades or validation from a boy. Maybe you're thinking, if I can only get to this dress size or if I can only go on this date night. I think we look for peace and validation and a lot of other areas. They're not going to add up. They're all going to fail. Only Jesus is our true peace. And I want to say this because I think it's really important for you all to understand. I don't want you to hear me saying, turn to Jesus and everything will be good. Because the reality is, most likely you'll still be walking through a storm. But you'll be walking through it with somebody who knows the way. Who loves you and cares about you. And wants to bring calm when the world feels like chaos. I don't know if Jesus could have done this. But I can assume that he could have snapped his fingers and gotten the disciples right out of the boat. And right over to the shore. I don't know. But he didn't do that. He kept them in the boat. He kept them in the situation, but he brought peace into their situation. And I think that's really important. Because sometimes the way that we want Jesus to bring peace or hope into our circumstances is just to take us completely out of them. But there are things that Jesus wants to reveal to us about himself in the storm. And that's what we're going to look at next because it's really important, and it's a little bit strange how the disciples respond. So like I said, Jesus has just brought a great calm over the waters. And listen to how the verse ends. It says, Jesus said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And the disciples were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. It's a little bit weird. It's a weird way to end the story. They're filled with great fear. I feel like they should be like, I don't know, dapping each other up like, oh, whoa, what? This is crazy. I don't know. Like, boys on boat, they're all excited and the storm is over. Like, they should be freaking out. Like, whoa, did you see that? Wow. But that's not, that's not what they did. They're, they're afraid. And I think we would lose the gravity of the end of this passage if we didn't understand. And I listened to a few sermons to kind of help me understand it. Because when I first read that, I was like, I feel like they should be excited. Why aren't they excited? And this is why. So in those days, the disciples, they grew up Jewish. And they would have known that Multiple times in the Old Testament, we're told that only God can calm the wind and the waves. And up until that point, Jesus had been called a prophet, and he had been called a healer. But this is Jesus saying, no, I have the power to calm the wind and the waves. And the disciples would have understood that only God has the power to calm the wind and the waves. Because only God is the one who parted the Red Sea or brought the rain and the winds for Noah, or even spoke the earth into creation. Only God can do that. And so this is Jesus saying, yes, I can heal, and yes, I'm a good teacher, but I'm God. And so the disciples are a little bit scared. And that's okay. The author leaves us with a question, and this is really important because he could have just said, Jesus is God. End of story. But that's not, that's not how it ends. It says that the disciples ask, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? We're left with a question, and I think that's purposeful. I think we get to answer that question. Who is Jesus to you? Not to your mom or your sister or whoever you rode here with today or your friend from home. Who is Jesus to you? I would argue it's the most important question you'll ever answer. Who is Jesus to you? Is he somebody that you just think about on Sunday and then don't really think about anymore for the rest of the week? Or at Bible study? Is he somebody that you'd rather not talk about because you don't want to rock the boat? Is he somebody you really haven't given much thought about? Maybe you grew up going to church and then you got to college and you were like, "Eh, I don't really need to, I'll deal with that Christianity, Jesus. I'll deal with all that later. Or is he the God of the universe who loves you so much That he came to earth to die on a cross. We just celebrated Easter last Sunday. He died on a cross and he rose again so that he could have a relationship with each one of you. A personal relationship with you. The God of the universe wants to bring peace to your situation. Calm into your chaos. And so if you hear nothing else tonight, I hope that y'all can hear that Jesus loves you. He cares about you. And he wants to be with you in the middle of your storm. In the middle of whatever you're walking through. And you don't have to clean yourself up to come to him. He's standing here with open arms saying, come to me, I love you. I see what you're walking through. You're not too far gone. You're not too much. I feel like that's a lie a lot of girls believe. I know I've believed that. I'm just too much. I just need, I'm too much to handle. No. Who you are is loved and cherished. And God wants to be in a relationship with you. Your relationship with Jesus is the most important relationship. And we don't have to have it all together. I can tell you that a million times over, I don't have it all together, not by any stretch of the imagination. But I know that Jesus loves me and that he loves you and he wants to be with you. Jesus, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the chance to be together and eat yummy snacks and sing worship songs. God, I just pray right now for each girl in this room. Lord, I pray that she would know that she is loved, that she is chosen, and that she doesn't need to fear the storms, because you are with us in every storm. God, would you bring peace in the storms and calm in the chaos. Help us look to you and trust you.
0: Amen. Y'all, I love this talk so much. I would really encourage you to take some time right now, whether you're on a walk or driving home or sitting on your bed, I don't know. Just take some time to just be with God. Take five minutes and be quiet. Don't check your phone. Just be honest and vulnerable with him and say, this is what I'm afraid of. This is what I want. And show me who you are. It's so easy to... Let our own fears and our own experiences project onto who Jesus is. But he wants to tell us who he really is. And what an opportunity going into the summer, whether you're a senior and this is your final summer before the real world and your job, or if you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, or maybe you're in high school and listening to this. What an opportunity going into the summer to ask the Lord, show up for me, show me who you are. So that is all from me today. Love you guys so much. Don't forget to keep tuning in as we start the book of John next week. And actually this summer, we're going to go into the book of Psalms, which I think you're going to really love. We're going to really dive into scripture together this summer and Anna and I will be back together next week. So we'll see you then. Bye.